we can fillet it for you, we can steak it for you, we can do whatever you like as a fishmonger. Um, it's got a similar kind of taste to mackerel, so again, it can handle strong flavors, maybe something Asian, uh, you know, a bit of ginger, a bit of chili, a bit of soy, pan fried with a nice salad, or cut into steaks, you can make a little curry with it, for example. Many, many things you can do with pretty much any type of fish. Welcome to the Fine Food Podcast with me, Sam Wilkin. That was Sebastian Candelon, Managing Director of the Fresh Fish Shop Limited based down in Haywards Heath on the south coast. We were talking about the garfish there, one of many delicious fresh fish that he has on his counter there. We talked about sustainability and Sebastian's view of independence versus supermarkets. And we were chatting for the Fine Food Podcast. My name is uh, Sebastian Candelon and we are at the Fresh Fish Shop in Haywards Heath. Uh, so I took over 12 years ago, back in 2007. Um, well, as I showed you earlier, we, we were in a smaller shop and then about six years ago we moved into the larger shop, actually seven years now. So I, I took it over from the previous owner who moved to Spain. Uh, okay. I didn't know anything about fish to be honest with you, but uh, I thought how hard could it be? <laughs> I heard about the opportunity uh, that he was moving to Spain, so he was looking for someone to take it over. And at the time, I had just come back from traveling and working as a tour leader, and I was working two jobs to try and earn again to bugger off traveling. Sure. And uh, I thought, okay, well, running a business might give me better income. <laughs> I've always wanted to have <laughs> All a business. All that free time that you get when yeah, you run your own business. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I think the idea of running a business was very oh, different to the reality of, as you can imagine. Uh, and in 12 years on, I'm still here, to be honest, I'm loving it. So yeah. it's, uh, it's so, a good um, industry to be in. So just to describe where we are, I'm actually sat right next to the, uh, the fresh fish table, the ice, the greens. I mean, they're all sort of, you know, bright-eyed, beautiful specimens. I mean, I guess part of that is because of where we are. I mean, I guess you have a good source of fresh fish from the south coast. We're in Haywards Heath. Yes, exactly. We're only 12 miles from Brighton, so a lot of our fish comes from Brighton, New Haven, Shoreham. Uh, down to Worthing, all the way to Selsey, even through to Devon, Cornwall. Uh, all along the coast, really, we get a lot of our fish from. Are you seeing an uptake in kind of in fresh fish? I mean, you sort of hear about this exactly this style of shop, the independently owned fresh fish. I'm from a cheese background, cheesemongers yeah. struggling, butchers struggling. Yeah, yeah. But are you seeing a trend in a different direction? Because obviously it's working for you guys. Well, I, I think like butchers and cheesemongers and fishmongers, they're very traditional trades. In fact, they're some of the oldest trades in the world, really. Um, but the changes in buying and the changes in how we look at products and the less time we have to spend sourcing them and buying them and preparing them and cooking them, I think that's the problem there is that a lot of these businesses and older fishmongers and butchers and cheesemongers, they just haven't adapted to the current trend, if you like. And for us, I think the reason we're successful in what we do is we react, we try and innovate, we try and if we can really set trends, you know. Uh, so we're constantly developing and we're constantly changing everything that we do to suit the everyday person that comes into the shop or comes into one of the shops that we supply our packaged fish to. When you say you're trying to get ahead of the trend, what what, what should we be looking out for in, in the world of uh, fresh fish? Well, convenience is the way forward, really. Um, so we've just refurbished our shop and actually taken half of what the shop was to increase our production space for what we call the oven-ready range. Okay. So we prepare in recyclable oven-ready trays, um, meals essentially that you can just pick up from a retail shelf, take the film off, stick it in the oven, and you've got a, yourself a really good quality piece of fish, already marinated, already with um, a selection of various vegetables or 
products that make a really nice meal and all you've got to do it in the side is either prepare yourself some potatoes a salad or a bit of rice mm -hmm. everything else is done for you and you're finding people are, get, are getting into that as well, a yeah, yeah i mean we can't even keep up we, we, we've got people doing trials right now we're having to employ three part-timers from, from next week wow. We've gone from zero to about 800 packs a week already. Oh, wow. And is <laughs> yeah. that also, is a lot of that sold online? Is that you seeing uh, uh, online? No, not yet. We will go online. That's part of the three-year plan. But okay. uh, for now, we're just dealing with a lot, a lot of retailers. Mm -hmm. So we supply, I think, about 40, 45 uh, independent retailers with our package fish. Right, okay. And about two and a half months ago, in fact, less than that, two months ago, we introduced this oven-ready range, which has just taken off. Uh, and you're seeing as well, I mean, you've got your... You've got your traditional customer coming in wanting to buy their, their exactly. fresh fish exactly. uh, straight off the counter. So that's, you've got yeah, a bit of Yeah, very different demographic is what you're going to see, actually, because mm. the kind of customers we get for the package fish side tend to be a younger generation, which is why the uh, innovation, if you like, is important, because the younger generations don't have as much time as some of the generations that we get into the shop. And also the experience uh, is a big one as well. You know, traditionally people know how to prepare fish better than the younger generation has. But do you think that is a is that an issue then with the kind of the culture of food and drink lacking perhaps in education? Perhaps I mean I certainly see it yeah, in I cheese. Yeah, I think education to to one extent. But you know, I'm a father of three children, and obviously I run a business. I know what it's like to work flat out, get home, and then have to think about buying a good quality produce, bringing it home, figuring out the best recipe, cooking it. Feeding the kids, you know, it's, it's quite hard these days to do that, you know, between clubs, after school clubs, obviously work demands, you know, the UK works long hours. It's not like in the rest of Europe where, you know, the working week is a hell of a lot shorter. Sure, sure. Uh, in England. Like, yeah, how does that know. work? It's yeah, exactly. You know, I've got, I've got French relatives. I'm actually French myself. Yeah. So I understand very well the culture in France, for example, where food is that the core of the culture. And, and that's still very true, food. even oh, in the younger generation. Oh, yeah, even mm. the younger generation. I mean, less so, obviously, the younger generations are, like the younger generations here, busier. But still, food has been ingrained in their blood, if you like, a hell of a lot more than it has in the UK. But you're finding a way to bring your quality fresh fish into that convenience market. Yeah, that. exactly. I think the difference now is, is that the younger generations no longer are happy with a, a bog standard ready meal you can pick up from a supermarket full of e-numbers and all kinds of rubbish that uh, is no good for you. People are much more aware now of sourcing good quality products from a sustainable source that is traceable. Uh, people are much more keen to be uh, living a healthy lifestyle and understand what is going into their food, uh, which is why I think the oven ready things that we do um, because it's using sustainably sourced fish of the best quality and because we're using the freshest ingredients and the simplest ingredients, that's the other one. You know, our aim is to make sure the ingredients list is as short as humanly possible with no E-numbers, additives or preservatives. Again, quite a European... Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. as simple as it. You know, it's trying, to, it's, it's trying to reinvent the wheel but actually find out that the wheel was always round. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with it in the first place. Exactly, that's it. So it's just that. It's just good quality ingredients put together in a nice... Uh, easy way uh, so that it can just go in the oven 10 minutes and you go yourself the ultimate fast food. So a word that cropped up a lot in, in what you've just said is, yeah. is sustainability yeah. uh, and obviously I get across food and drink it's a bit of a buzzword if you like at the moment. Uh, yeah, of course. What, what are we talking about in the world of, of fish in terms of the, the fish, the actual sourcing of it and yeah. then taking it to the customer, what are we talking about in, in the context of that? Well, sustainability, unfortunately, has been one of those words that gets thrown around left, right and center. And I think it's kind of diluted its meaning. So everybody seems to have a different idea of what the word means. And they also tend to use it to sometimes exploit 
so clever marketing, if you like. And the problem with that is, especially with the fish industry, is a lot of people are misinformed, I think. And what we try and do is educate people on the reality of what sustainable means in the fishing industry. So everything that we do, uh, for example, like we talked about earlier, we source a lot of stuff from local day boats. We try and use, uh, or the fishermen we buy from, we try and get them to use the, the, the least uh, impactful to the environment. Uh, fortunately, technology has come a long way. So now, even trawlers, for example, like, you know, you mention the word trawler to someone and automatically they think someone's killing the seabed, you know, mass catching all kinds of fish, throwing back most of it back at sea and it's a no-no. Funnily enough, nowadays, actually, uh, trawling, depending on the type of trawling, obviously, and the size of the vessel and the fishing methods used, actually, the trawlers are gaining MSC certification left, right, and center. So, for example, we buy a lot of our whitefish from Peterhead Market up in Scotland, and pretty much the entire um, catchment area uh, up in the North Sea is MSC uh, certified because of the evolution, if you like, in all the catch methods, uh, how the uh, vessels catch their fish, the tracking systems to make sure that they pinpoint the right fish, uh, to making sure that each uh, net used has got specific size meshes to avoid catching undersized fish. You know, the technology has gone a lot, lot further than uh, obviously what it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. And nowadays, actually, trawling doesn't always mean that it's bad because, unfortunately, with the consumption in the UK, you need to rely on trawlers. There's, there's the, you, you, you just, I'd love to be able to buy all of my fish from a small little boat down in Brighton that's gone out for the day and caught what we needed. But, so that's when you call yeah. it a day boat. They've yeah, so they go, go caught out that day. day. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they use more specific nets for, for the type of fish that they use. And uh, obviously, they don't trawl, they're, they're, they're drift nets, or they get many types of different nets. And the beauty about the day boat is it's, it's a small boat. It's normally one or two men max. They go out for there, they come back, and it kind of feeds the community as well. That's the thing I like about that. You know, a lot of the much bigger, bigger vessels, which are kind of like factory ships, you know, they're run by the big corporates, some of them not even UK companies. And they just, they are just processing machines that just, you know, without real consideration, they just sweep up anything that gets uh, uh, nearby. They process it on the spot. It's, a lot of it gets frozen, shipped, all, all, all areas abroad. Uh, you know, there's a funny statistic that goes something along the lines of, I think it's something like 80% of the fish caught in the UK is exported, yet 70% of the fish consumed is imported. <laughs> and why is that? Have we got a taste for, I guess, these more it's, sort of It's tropical... the processing, you see. So okay. a lot of the fish that will get consumed in this country will be probably processed, i.e. ready meal type scenarios, mm. or will be breaded or processed, frozen. Uh, it'll become something different to what it was when it was first caught. Okay. So let's say things get caught here, go abroad for pro, uh, 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 processing, and then we'll get come back. We'll come back here as a, as a different product, really, entirely. Okay, well, that's interesting. But we, we, as a nation, are big fish eaters. Do you find that? Is, I mean, statistically, um, or are we? Well, I mean, uh, apparently not. I mean, English people, uh, especially when you compare to, for example, the French, Italian, Spanish, fish is still not quite as uh, a big. Um, part of a daily diet, if you like, of an English person. But for sure, I've seen in my time here a massive increase now, especially with the younger generations. You know, we're getting people as young as uh, 20 years old, even younger, coming to buy their fish. When I first took over 12 years ago, the demographic was pretty much 50 years plus. Mm. You know, I hardly ever saw anybody uh, younger than that come along. But with all the TV uh, chefs, all the master chefs, all these different programs, fish is always a big part of the menu. And I think that's encouraging a lot more the younger generations to consume fish. You know, is fish there an is element a, of the sort of the, 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 he the health industry as well uh, influencing that? 
Uh, I think for sure. I think just people generally speaking, I just, just want to be more aware of what goes into their mouth. You know, from the horse meat scandals that the supermarkets pulled off. You know, we, we try and be as, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, honest and transparent as possible for what we do. So at any one time you can ask us where something's come from and we can tell you. You know, we can normally as well pinpoint the actual vessel that's caught it as well. Uh, so we try and be as transparent as possible. And we're trying to hopefully set a standard as well with other people and other fishmongers, other people in the industry, you know, whoever it may be, to, to, to follow suits. I think if, if more people like us were transparent, and actually giving out real information to people rather than just a good marketing strategy, then you know the world would be a much better place. So, is there a, a cohesive industry standard, if you like, of education and of, of yeah, I guess standards uh, well, that you mentioned there? Very recently, uh, last year, I was uh, able to gain a prestigious award for Master Fishmonger, which was uh, fantastic, actually. So, uh, the award is actually something relatively new. There's not so many. I think I'm only one of maybe 12 or 15 in the UK that's a, a qualified master fishmonger. And you only gain the title after a considerable amount of time in the industry. Obviously, you've got to prove your worth, uh, that you're good at the sourcing, you're good at your processing, your knowledge, uh, what contributions you do to the industry. So, for example, we take a lot of young guys on. Lorenzo, in fact, the guy that's serving fish right next to you, he's been working for me since he was 14 years old. Quite an impressive guy. I was Amazing. chatting to him yeah, yeah, before. Brilliant. Six years, you know, from 14 he's mm. come on. And uh, I've done similar with other people uh, younger age. So. Yeah, and now off to study law. Yeah, exactly. He'll be back. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I can see it. It's yeah, in his yeah. blood, He'll definitely. Yeah. He, he, he lives and breathes the fresh fish shop now. So no, that's, that's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and here he is now serving one of the customers. Fantastic. Exactly. So I guess, how would you like to see, you know, you, you're in a position of influence within your industry, but how would you like to see things going uh, for the consumers? What, what should we be eating? What shouldn't we be eating? How should we be approaching fresh fish as we go forward? I think the, the, the main importance uh, is, for example, again, a lot of retailers, as in, when I say retailer, like I say supermarkets, the, the, big, the big names, you know, a lot of people are buying fresh fish, or at least you think you're buying fresh fish because there's some fresh fish on the counter, but actually most of it will be defrosted, for example. So, you know, a lot of, uh, depending on how it's frozen as well, a lot of the nutritional value will be lost in that freeze defrost process. And it doesn't, there's no rule at the moment to make it clearer. You know, people are coming all the time here that do buy stuff from supermarkets, and I tell them, you realize that's defrosted, and they have no idea. Even though it might be on a very small print in the label, it's just not made clear enough. And I think a lot of people then get false expectations on, for example, pricing, uh, which can damage people like us, because people might consider us a higher price, but believe me, for the quality that we buy, the margin we put on is actually very low. Uh, only because we try and source the absolute best ingredients that have come out of the water in the shortest space of time. Not something that's been frozen God knows when, defrosted God knows when, and uh, has been God knows where. Mm, right. <laughs> Everything that we've got is as direct from the source as possible. Is there an element with that process of well, as well of, of, you know, freeze, defrost, yeah. that essentially that allows us as a consumer to eat fish from anywhere? I mean, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think there's... The, 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 there's there's very clear advantages of freezing a product, but again, I think it's important to understand the process from where that fish was caught, where it, you know the, the, the whole chain, if you like, where it's been caught, how it's been caught, where it's been processed, where it's been frozen, where it's ended up, where it's been stored, and for how long before it's actually ended up as a product on your plate that you're going to consume. 
You know, there's, uh, I'm all for freezing. If it's something cool that's really fresh and you freeze it vacuum packed and you don't add water to it, actually the quality when defrosted is incredible. It's very, very good. We've done tests here before. Uh, even when I go fishing in Brighton, for example, I'll, I'll catch some stuff, obviously catch too much to consume that day. But if I fillet it off, vacuum pack it and freeze it straight away and then defrost in a proper way, the quality is actually incredible. And I'm sure that the nutritional value remains very high still doing it this way. But, of course, when you're processing things, part of the processing to freeze is adding water, possibly adding brine and other additives, if you like, that might help to preserve that fish. And then also the defrost process, you've got to be clear on how it's defrosted. Uh, it's, there's lots of different defrosting methods that could damage the fiber and the uh, integrity of that fish. So, I mean, how should we be doing that? I mean, how, how if you, let's, let's give you carte blanche. Yeah. You're in charge of... How, how the fish industry is run in this country, yeah. <laughs> how, how processes happen. What is, you know, because it, it's a nice idea that we eat fully locally and yeah. we only take fish from these day boats coming from Brighton, from British waters. That's, yeah. That sounds great, but the way the consumer has gone, we expect variety, we expect of things course, from, you know, the Pacific and we expect, yeah, you know, yeah. things that, that you can't get your hands on. How, how would you like to see it? Let's factor in sustainability and yeah. factor in quality. Yeah. Over to you. Well, I mean, for example, of course, we buy things from abroad as well. You know, you don't find tuna in the uh, UK waters. It's a big seller for us. Uh, same with swordfish. But we get the option as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a business. There's plenty of other people in the world, all around the world, selling the same products. But again, it goes back down to, well, how was that product caught? How was it processed? How long has it been since it was processed? How was it brought over? And everything that we buy, is, uh, for example, with the sushi, uh, with the uh, tuna, everything's sushi grade and line caught. Same with the swordfish. We don't touch any tuna, any swordfish that's not been line caught. And line caught fish is quite possibly the most sustainable way to eat fish because there's absolutely or almost zero chance of bycatch. You're catching the fish that you want and there's very, min very minimal impact on the environment around you. Right, so, you, so there's a pretty ironclad chain of uh, you know provenance if you like when of it course comes exactly to, yeah, and then right. again with all the traceability nowadays that uh, we're actually forced to have really this is the other one you know now the legislation is is that you you have to be able to prove throughout the whole uh, 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 chain where everything's come from but because we've got such little amount of people between the chain so we're very close to source it's very easy for us to be able to tell you who's caught it when they've caught it where it's come from and in some cases you could just get on the phone to exactly that person yeah. and have a conversation about it, it exactly so. but when you go yeah. to a supermarket no there's no chance in hell no right <laughs> they're going to get close to getting the real information about that fish run in front of you you just don't know where it's come from and where does that control come from i mean you know i, well, I think legislation is a big one for but sure. is that from our government or from is that EU legislation well, or? Yeah. EU is yeah, so a bit of a full at the moment, isn't it? So, <laughs> uh, I think with the EU, as much as I agree with having a centralised government to an extent to ease things within trade and, and, and flow of people, brilliant. But I do think that our own government, for sure, needs to step up with things like uh, traceability, for sure. For example, I sold you cod as haddock, and the authorities would find out. I would be in enough trouble to probably have to shut the shop. It's as simple mm. as that. I, there's no way that I could get away with it. But yet, these things are happening with trusted names. You know, we put so much trust in a supermarket that when we pick up a pack of something, we automatically assume that that product has come from a legitimate source, has been vetted, has got all the ticks, if you like, that we expect a supermarket to have. 
However, with the horse meat thing, that was real clear evidence that actually just learn to question things, you know, as a consumer. When you go to a, I mean, I go to supermarkets, but just learn to, to, to try and uh, pick up as much information as you can from where that's come from. I mean, if there's not enough information, just don't buy it because there's plenty of people out there like us that can give you all that information. And actually, pound for pound, we're not that different. Uh, you know, if you look at kilo prices on products, we're not that different for the kind of quality that we offer. So that was Sebastian Candelon of the Fresh Fish Shop Limited down in Hayward Teeth. Really enjoyed speaking to him about sustainability and fish and life as a fishmonger. See you next time for the Fine Food Podcast. The Fine Food Podcast is produced by Salomon and Michael Lane of Fine Food Digest. It's edited and presented by me, Sam Wilkin. If you want to know more about the Guild of Fine Food, go to gff.co.uk and check out Salomon Sam on Twitter and Instagram.